You are listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Max Dussel, award-winning poet, filmmaker, and speaker. This podcast is supported by the Yami Shasky Foundation. It's very much changed the way we read and take in information and shortened it and quick bursts and attention spans. We're living in a new world for sure. And how do we communicate in this new world? Not just in a way that gets the reach, but just there are whole industries of like, what do I do to get the most likes or the most attention and all of that, which I don't think is very filling as artists. It's like, it's sort of a diminishing of our art form to try and play the game because then we're getting the attention and getting the hits as opposed to what do I really want to create? How do I really want to create it? How do I want to display this? And can I do it in a way that breaks through so that, you know, if I do it my way, it's still going to get the attention. Great. But if it doesn't, am I, can I be cool with that? And can I be okay creating what I want to create and knowing that that's what it's about? And it's about sharing in an honest, authentic way of what I want to express without letting the tentacles of social media drip into my brain and take over why I'm literally doing the things that I'm doing. We have such an intensity in society for trying to like push us to all see things the same and to try to like conform all our vision to one sense of right or wrong or this is the way we're supposed to do things as opposed to like letting our unfiltered just like what's real for me and what wants to happen and how am I seeing the world and maybe I'm totally different and weird and out there and outrageous in this way and what if that's not something to hide but something to embrace and I certainly enjoy in my own life being a space where friends loved ones where I can just like welcome all the weird and welcome whatever idiosyncrasies and quirks are there and not let them be anything that needs changing as opposed to just like what's going on for you. And, you know, there are extreme examples within schizophrenia and other type of mental illnesses that can be really challenging to live with. But I also think there's tons of beauty in them if we're willing to look at them. That's the art of communication. And that's, I think, something that's so hard to do through the screen as well. And that was how I started turning them into films initially was, can I get the essence of this message to land through a screen? And that's actually very hard with spoken word, very hard with this medium, especially in a digital age where everyone's scrolling, 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 and not giving things very much care or attention as we take them in on our screens. And so I really wanted to make things that felt like they were honoring the art itself as I put them into that screen environment. This is the other side of my work in trying to help especially young people figure out how to navigate this digital chaos ocean that they are growing up inside of. And the digital world that I would love to be different is I would love it if all of these social networks were using their data to literally create new experiences and opportunities that we would later rate as meaningful to help us, like to help us find new people in our lives. We're happier there, but to not measure all their success on clicks or time or likes or shares, but like what human value or goal or whatever it might be, are we contributing to with this technology and a social network that was actually improving our social lives that way or even like a news network that was so focused on, are we helping people be more, more informed as opposed to what is getting the clicks or the attention or what's the scariest thing? That's the kind of tech world that I want to live in. And then when I'm not being an artist and creating things like this poetry special, which I'm so passionate about and very much want the world to see, my, and I'm speaking with middle schoolers, high schoolers, and their parents and teachers about how social media is impacting their lives and just trying to help them develop some resources and different perspectives to help navigate that impact. I think like on a deep level, some of my work with young people is really about just like that I fundamentally believe that life is spectacularly beautiful and there is so much meaning and so much magic. And I oftentimes can see with them social media doing such a number on the way they're seeing each other and seeing the world that they're not even in touch with like the beauty that reality has to offer. And so I guess what I would like them to know is that like, that there's so much more magic and 
amazingness in this existence than they can possibly imagine. And if they can be open to it, life is going to reward them for that. And, and I think the arts are a beautiful, both transmutation of that expression of that way of taking that in art can also be a vehicle towards it. And I certainly love it, love it for that. And yeah, I'm in the education world because I care so deeply about life and about meaning and about humanity. And I'm hoping to be able to provide perspectives and tools that can help people find their way to that beauty. I always found, I mean, my brain just seems to work a little bit differently. And I think as many, you know, mental quote unquote disorders can be, they also can be superpowers. And I think it does allow me to draw lines and connect dots where other people might not see them. And yeah, I just, I found that, you know, I was in therapy for many years and my therapist was like, I think you have a learning disability. And I was like, no, I don't have a learning disability. I'm not, I'm just not trying hard enough. And she was like, I think you should get tested. And eventually I got tested and my verbal and word skills are very, very high, but reading is like much more towards the middle. And that gap is technically dyslexia. So when I'm reading words on a page, I'm like, I'm not getting the the it. I'm not getting the thing that my brain can do with words when we're talking from those words on the page, which I think very much did translate to my wanting to do so much with the written word and not just wanting to send people the poems themselves in writing, but wanting to turn them into these films or these performances where I can feel and watch as I'm delivering the thing that feels so important to me. And could you speak a little bit about your different collaborators? Because you talked about how you felt poetry moving through you, the physical experience that we have animation, we have dance. Absolutely. So Aaron Richards directed it, who is a friend who is actually just going to work with me on the Aliens poem, which is a piece about men helping men see the world through women's eyes through the analogy of imagine if aliens invaded and they were giant and super sexually attracted to Dan and that was she was going to direct it. And she was like, well, who's directing the whole show? And I said, maybe you are. And she sort of laughed and was like, okay, let me see if I can take this on. And she was so wonderful, incredibly creative, has this like second gear that she kicks it up in to get things done. And it couldn't have happened without her. The animation was someone named Ryan Woodward, and he's just a spectacularly talented animator. He actually, he made that animation independently of the poem. I wrote the poem independently of seeing that animation. And they just happened to blend together so beautifully. He was like, wow, oh my God, yes, totally go use this. Yeah, Matt Friedel is another director who's just was full stack directing, producing, editing effects. He just had the whole gamut. And, and Doug Larson, who edited it, really brought it to life with so much footage. Just it took a village for sure to make something of that size. And everyone just basically poured it in for the love. Everyone, you know, I paid people, of course, but it was we could not have done what we did to like at the actual cost of what things would have cost. People really just appreciated the messages and wanted to be a part of it. And I'm so grateful for that. You also describe so tenderly your barber. You talked about, you mentioned spirituality. And just tell us a little bit about him and I guess your own spirituality. I know you're not quite religious. but So yeah, Derek is, that was him in the film. Like that is my barber. His name is Derek Hakes. He works on fellow barber in New York and Brooklyn and Williamsburg. And so if you're ever looking for what's way more than a haircut, should definitely check him out. And I just happened to stumble across his, like his chair one day and he's become one of my closest friends. And he was really there for me through like some of the biggest heartbreaks of my life and has just been a rock and helping me open up to the, to the higher power, which I think he would see as just that life is always happening for us and not to us. And that we are being guided by like the most wonderful, warm, loving parent that we could ever even possibly imagine. And yeah, he's been a spiritual guide and teacher for sure. And it's funny, he was an ordained interface minister. His friend Alice Frank, who I also mentioned, is a rabbi and like of different 
backgrounds, it feels like they're pointing to the same thing, which is basically the one thing and we're all it. And we like, not just, I am my brother's keeper. I am my brother. I am my sister. And that, yeah, that we're all God looking through different eyes. Mythologies are collective stories. In more recent writings, this is less true of this special, but the next one will very much draw on basically a religious or spiritual concept that like that my friend Alice Frank and Derek Cake and a couple of others have really helped instill in me as literally true. Um, but like that I am literally you, that we are one thing looking through many different eyes and like one thing having all of these different human experiences and not as like a metaphor of we're all one. No, like actually there's actual literal oneness. And what does that look like to explore with words? But that is a concept that I will certainly be playing more on in the next, the next question. What am I like in my silence? Like, what are my thoughts like in my silence? I'm a pretty anxious person. <laughs> ah, in my silence, I am sometimes in like a deep sense of peace, but oftentimes worrying about all sorts of this and that. And in some ways, poetry or art is a break from that. There's like a sense of clarity, a sense of expression. That is a break from my own internal monologue and anxieties, but I'm a pretty anxious person, sadly. And as you perform to different countries and your poetry has been translated into many languages, are you able to distance yourself sometimes to ask yourself how New York or the English language and the grammar has influenced your way of thinking of the world? I think I've most been exposed to that when I was in a writing group with another poet. His name was Halim Mahdi, and he was just writing about like, writing about his frustration that he was writing in English. And I found that to be really beautiful and moving and just did help me notice just like the nature of how much language and culture shapes how we literally see the world. And it certainly has influenced mine and my being sadly monolingual. I don't have as much of, um, of that understanding, except that when I learned Italian in college and spent about a year there, I was just as I was getting ready to leave, starting to develop a sense of humor in Italian. And it was like the sense of humor of a five-year-old. Like that was what my language was capable of, like was saying outrageous things or silly things in a moment. But that was a starting, I was starting to experience how much it takes to start to build like a personality in a language. And that was really fascinating. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.